0: If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and uh, we're going to look at, just for a brief moment, uh, to lead us into our time of communion this morning. A year later, three words, uh, prayer, praise, and patience. These three words, uh, as I look back over this year, uh, maybe that middle one, patience, so well defines what the Lord has taught me over these past 365 days. We've waited on ceiling tiles and carpet and all sorts of different things. You have also, in your own personal lives, the Lord has been teaching you patience as well. I know that because uh, whether you are two waiting on the cookie after dinner or whether you are 90 waiting on all sorts of things, the Lord never fully has us arrive where we are completely good at waiting. We're just, we're not quite there yet. I'll ask you maybe, do you consider yourself a good and patient person? Anybody consider themselves a really patient person? Well, I did some, some reading and some statistics, and one person said, I do think that I'm an extraordinarily patient person, provided I get my own way in the end. <laughs> you feel that, right? You're perfectly fine waiting two hours in line at Disney World as long as you know there's a good ride waiting at the end of it. You're miserably frustrated to wait two hours to find out that the ride is closed down, Right? Feel that? There's another survey of over a thousand people, and they said that the average time that most people begin losing their patience in a waiting room is before I say the number, what's your number? Right? Is it five minutes? Is it fifteen? The average number that most people begin to totally lose their patience in a waiting room is 17 minutes. Not sixteen, but seventeen minutes. All patience begins to be lost. On the on the phone, when you're on hold, what's your number? What's that number before you hang up in frustration? For over half of respondents, it was one minute, one minute or less, and you are done when that hold music comes on. But for the average person, it's about nine minutes when they begin to completely lose their patience. Now, 80% of surveyed adults do find themselves to be patient people. 80% find themselves to be pretty patient But of all the survey respondents, 96% of survey respondents said they knowingly consume extremely hot beverages or extremely hot foods before they are cool, burning their mouths. And this is a consistent issue, right? You pull that leftover pizza out of the microwave and you will eat it when it's bubbly hot, knowing that it'll burn your mouth, right? Even though you are a patient person. Not patient enough to wait on that pizza to cool down, right? Well, the patience we're talking about this morning is obviously not just patience to wait on the pizza to cool down or patient to stay on the phone a little bit longer. We're talking about the patience to wait upon the Lord. In Romans chapter 12, I think you get a clear descriptor of the Christian life. You see it on your outline. It's right at the top. And we're going to fly through these this morning. So have your writing utensil ready The descriptors of the Christian life in verse 12, I think, give us a a synopsis of much of the Christian life in three short clauses. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and constant in prayer. Three quick words that verse 12 gives us that I think so beautifully summarizes much of the Christian experience. We rejoice in hope. We're constantly reminding ourselves of the gospel truth. We're rejoicing in hope constantly. We're preaching the gospel to ourselves daily. We're being patient in tribulation. And through it all, we're being constant in prayer. If you want to find one passage of scripture, one verse of scripture, that in my estimation sums up the totality of the Christian experience, you may could find some other ones, but this is mighty good. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation and constant in prayer. So let's unpack these three for a moment. Let me read Romans chapter 12, 9 through 14 together. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another, showing honor to one another. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Let's pray together. Lord, would you open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you would have for us this morning. Let your word illuminate our hearts. We recognize that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is living and active. And so this morning, would it pierce our hearts? Would it cut away any fleshy or any numbness to the reality of the authority of your word, would ultimately lead us to communion this morning. We would take the elements together and look to your grace and the hope that you give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So number one, you see, these are going to be the three P's of the Christian life. The first one is praise, that we would rejoice in hope, We would rejoice in hope. The first thing that you see in verse 12 is to rejoice in hope. totality, the sum total of how we get to being patient in tribulation and being constant in prayer is that we rejoice in our hope. That we rejoice in hope. This is something that we do. We come together and we rejoice. We sing and we celebrate the Lord's goodness in our life. We rejoice in the hope that he has given us. So number one, we praise the Lord. Let me also give you, under that, you see another little blank, A, that we need to also delight into the right hope. First Peter chapter 1, you see on your outline, 3 through 9, tells us that he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the testing genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it tested by a fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. We delight in the right hope. And it's there I want to pause just for a bonus moment to remind us that we are praising the Lord and we are rejoicing in the hope that we have found in him. In this day and time, there's a lot of things that we can turn to for temporary hope or temporary reprieve from the mess that we find ourselves in. We can find a multitude of different things to band-aid our problems, but this morning we are delighting in the right hope. In the right, long-standing, eternal hope that we find in Jesus. And let me say again, that we can find ourselves rejoicing and finding temporary hope, temporary reprieve, in a multitude of different things that our culture would offer to us. But this morning, we celebrate it, and we sing to the God who gives all of our hope, not just a portion of it, not just a little of our hope, we are trusting in the God who doesn't band-aid our problems but gives us hope that lasts an eternity. You see and dive into First Peter chapter 1, that this imperishable, undefiled, unfading hope that is waiting in heaven for us, in that we rejoice in it, we delight, friends, in the right hope. The hope that Jesus has come to this earth and lived a sinless and perfect life and he has died on the cross to save us of all of our sins. And see, though we were a stranger, he has found us and interposed his precious blood. And B, you see, it's a hope that does not disappoint us. Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This, this morning, we, we praise the Lord. If we're going to go on to number two, to be patient in tribulation, we first must preach the gospel to ourselves. We must praise the Lord constantly. Maybe you've heard the phrase, grin and bear it, right? Have you ever, you ever heard that? Or maybe somebody's just said, hey, hey, you just need to grin and bear it. I think in the Christian life, sometimes we just need to sing and bear it, right? We just need to praise and bear it. At times, as we walk through difficulty, it's not just grin and bear it, just take it in. No, we say, Lord, thank you, and we praise the Lord. And somehow, in, some, somehow in God's economy, as we praise the Lord, as we sing his praises, as we rejoice in his goodness, it allows us to be constant in prayer and to be, be steadfast, to rejoice in our tribulation. So maybe as a believer, we don't just grin and bear it, but we praise the Lord as we bear it. So number two, we take it with patience. We praise, and then we move to number two. We are patient in tribulation. Patient in tribulation. Now, I I wish I could just stand here and say, hey, guys, just y'all be patient in tribulation. It's not that hard. I don't know what what the struggle is, right? The Lord calls us to be patient in tribulation, so just do it, right? This is not a Nike moment where we just say, just do it, and all the things become a lot easier, right? being patient in tribulation is obviously extremely difficult. We share a lot of calamity with believers and unbelievers alike. This world is full of tribulation. For unbelievers and believers alike, we face cancers and sicknesses. We face sorrow and death. We face face natural disasters. All of us in this room face those things with believers and unbelievers alike. As believers, we also face different calamities. We face persecution. We face the enemy's attacks upon us. But we do it with patience. Why? Because you see on your outline, A, we are preparing and prepared for the difficulty that is ahead. 1 Peter 4, verse 12, underline and outline and all sorts of things in your Bible because we need to be prepared for this. Get us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. And I don't know how many times I read that verse, but still at the same time, when something difficult comes our way, when we face calamity or a trial, do I stop and say, what is going on? Lord, why would you, what, Lord? Why are you doing this? And here we come back to 1 Peter chapter 4. Beloved, beloved, those that I love, my beloved children, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at these fiery trials, at these difficulties that come your way to test you. Is there something strange were happening to you? Because we know that this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all compare. So we are preparing and we are prepared for the difficulty and the fiery trials that are ahead for all of us, all of us, from the furthest one on the left side of the room to the farthest one on the right side of the room to everywhere in between, all of us will face trials of various kinds. That is most scriptural. And if anybody tries to tell you, if you simply have enough faith, you will not face trials. If you simply believe enough or have enough faith in your heart, then you will skirt all the difficulties of this life. It's simply not true. If you hear biblical teachers telling you that, run from it. It's not true. Scripture is full of men and women, full of faith, faithing trials of various kinds. And you see 1 Peter 4 tell us, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials that you experience. So the question is, how do we respond when they come our way? How do we respond undergirded in the faith that keeps us and sustains us? As we face face trials of various kinds, it almost anchors our souls deeper into the soil of faith. So, brothers, do not be surprised. But let me ask you, in the midst of our difficulty, in the midst of those moments where we are called to be patient in tribulation, better be on your outline, how does your impatience, how does my impatience show itself? How does our impatience show itself? If we're called to be patient in tribulation, what happens when we're not patient? How does it show itself? Maybe ask yourself some more of the funny questions that show your impatience. What happens when you're in that doctor's office or in that office and it takes 20 minutes for them to see you? What happens when you're in line at the drive-through and it takes longer than what you would want? What happens when you're behind the slowest person on the interstate that has ever been known to man? What happens then in your soul and in your spirit? Do you feel yourself getting angry and grumbly? Do you feel yourself when you don't see the answer to your prayers becoming angry and frustrated with God's plan? When you elevate it to the spiritual level, when you you don't feel the Lord answering your prayers in a timely way, when you don't see the result of your prayers being answered in the way that you would want and the timetable that you would want, How do we respond? Friends, I'm not not saying that you should just joyfully sing as your prayers are go unanswered and you don't feel it. I I get that this is hard. that it does take patience in our tribulation. It does take us looking backwards to say, Lord, I'm gonna rejoice in the midst of the hope that I have found in you. In, In the middle of the reality that I'm trying to be patient in you. Lord, I'm gonna first and foremost praise you. And I can tell you that there's times where we get these things out of balance that we're trying to be patient in tribulation, but we haven't first rejoiced in the hope that we found. This letter C on your outline would remind you to look upward rather than inward. A phrase that I've given us on a multitude of occasions. Be strong in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Find your strength in the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. That we're patient in the Lord's strength. So we look upward rather than inward. We fix our eyes on Jesus rather than can I grin and bear it a little bit longer. Lord, would you sustain me? Lord, would you keep me? Would you hold me through this, Lord? Would you be the anchor that anchors my soul today? And then number three, we praise, we're patient, and we pray. Prayer is number three. We are constant in prayer. The Christian life is summarized in prayer. The greatest gift that we've been given in the Christian life is to be constant in prayer. Through affliction, through difficulty, through uncertainty, through struggles, through strife, through whatever it is that we face in our life, we are constant in prayer. Are you being constant in prayer? whatever life brings you, are you being constant in prayer? And I know, I hear at times that we just feel, oh yeah, be constant in prayer. I get it. No, but are you? Are you truly rejoicing in the hope that you found in Jesus? Are you being patient in your tribulation? And are you being constant in your prayer life? Are you a steadfast prayer warrior? When things are going well and right, and when things are going wrong and awry, Are you constant in prayer? It's easy to dismiss and say, well, we just, we got prayer, we can utilize it. But friends, let me ask you, deep in your soul, are these things marking your existence as a believer? Steadfast in hope, constant in prayer, and patient in tribulation. And all of this would lead us. The Lord's Supper, as we're about to take in just a moment, points us to our hope. In case you are off the path this morning, in case you have gone awry, in case things have gotten all sorts and all out of whack this morning, we have come to remind ourselves of the hope that we have found in Jesus. If you need reminders this morning, we've got a tailor-made reminder for you that believers have been doing for years years upon years upon years upon years to remind us of the hope that we have in Jesus i to ask Eddie and Justin to come and uncover these elements as we are gonna take them in just a moment. And as they're uncovering these elements, the Lord's Supper points us to our hope. You're gonna get a little wafer of bread. You're gonna get a little symbol of juice. And as you're about to take these elements, these, these elements are tailor-made opportunity for you to examine your heart. In fact, scripture calls us in these moments to examine our hearts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Jesus says, that wrote through the pen of Paul, for I received from you the Lord would also deliver to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner, will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person then examine himself and to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. In just a moment, Amber is gonna play for us and these elements are gonna be passed out by our deacons. This is not a moment just to fill a space and get the elements passed out to you. It's a moment for you to sit in the stillness and the quietness of this sanctuary and to examine your heart. To say, Lord, is there anything in me that does not need to be there? Lord, is there a part of me that just needs to say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness? Lord, thank you, Lord, for your grace, that though I was a stranger, you welcomed me into your fold. Don't miss this opportunity for you just to sit silently and quietly in the chapel of your heart with this little piece of bread as a reminder of Jesus' body given for you. Let me pray for us, and then Amber will play, and we'll take these elements together. Lord, we thank you for this time. Or this time and opportunity for us to, to sit in the quietness and the stillness of this moment, to point our hearts back to the cross. Or as we take these elements, would we examine our hearts, and would we thank you for your goodness, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.